Hey, Angie. How's it going? Welcome back. Hi, Matt. It's going really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready for uh, for another episode. We're going get, to get right into it pretty quickly here. Um, but today we are talking all about text messaging. And I know um, it's, you know, in marketing in general, it's big, but especially in schools, especially here in our school, it's something we talk about a lot. Um, you know, should text messaging be part of our marketing the way that drip emails are? Should they be reminders for things that people are doing? I think it's, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of other schools talking about that too. Yeah. There's a lot of questions around, you know, to text or not to text or how often to text, how many texts are too many texts for a parent to receive. I mean, as a prospective parent, I love getting text reminders. Um, I, you know, it's just my personal preference. And I think a lot of millennials are in the same boat. Um, but there needs to be a balance. And I think schools, um, need to find the right technology um, as well as that balance. And so we're hoping this episode will shed a little bit of light on some trends and um, things that are happening in the school space. And, and hopefully some school marketers will take some tips and tricks with them. Definitely. I'll be taking notes for sure. <laughs> so our guest uh, that we're going to be speaking with today is Corey Podoreski. Uh, he's currently the general manager of the K-12 business division at Community Brands, serving more than 2,500 private and independent schools in the United States. A common theme throughout Corey's career has been enabling individuals to connect via technology to help improve their organizations and the world. So we'll go right into our conversation with Corey. Hey, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. It's awesome to have you here on the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast. Thank you. I've been excited to join you. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, just to kick things off, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your work at Community Brands. Great. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Corey Podorutsky. I've been with Community Brands for about a year and a half now. Uh, Community Brands' mission is to serve nonprofit schools and associations to help them do their work better through technology. And I'm the general manager of our K-12 line of business here in the United States. General manager, I like to casually say, my job is to make sure all the trains arrive on time. And so what I'm really working to do is enable the, the team at Community Brands to serve the, the schools that we work with, whether it's through the sales and marketing efforts that we have to, to help the broader schools understand what our solutions do, whether it's our customer success services and support teams to support our existing customers, um, or our product and our R&D team and looking at what else we need to do to be able to build technology solutions for K-12 schools. We like to casually say we're trying to help out schools with everything from admit to accounting. And so the full life cycle of um, you know, what students, families, and administrators need um, at independent schools in the United States. Community Brands does so much. Um, I feel like I've seen you guys, your products around in the space, obviously, for quite some time. Today, we're so interested in learning more about text messaging and how that obviously fits into this journey that you speak of from beginning through the end. So can you speak a little bit to how text messaging is playing a role um, throughout that process? And I'm especially interested in the perspective parent search journey and how text messaging plays a role there as well. Yep. Yeah, text messaging, again, as um, you know, people's pre uh, communications preferences have changed, text messages have become increasingly important in terms of how you're using to them to communicate with your prospective families. Um, SMS messages, text messages are a great way to be able to engage people in the moment and also cut through a lot of the noise that they might be getting through other email marketing 
channels or other direct ma uh, mail channels that you might also be using in order to connect with prospective parents. And the reason why text messages can be so effective is 98% of text messages are being opened by people within uh, with the total amount of uh, messages that they receive. So virtually every single message that a parent receives, they're going to read at some point. And 60% of those messages are read within the first two minutes that they're received. And so when you think about wow. that with a text message, you're able to get a message to somebody that you know they're going to read immediately. Now with that, especially when you're building up that relationship, it's important that schools are thinking about, you know, the opt in that when somebody gives you their phone number, they're trusting that you're going to send them messages that they want to receive. And so you have to build up that trust with them to prevent them from unsubscribing and losing that chance to use that channel to communicate with them effectively. The mobile phone number should be one of the first fields that you're accepting, um, you know, during the discovery process. And so as soon as uh, you've gotten an initial inquiry, it should be, you know, first name, last name, phone number is uh, what I would recommend you collect first, then email address, of course. But then moving on from there, what you should also think about is, you know, asking you know, how would you like us to communicate? Do you want only urgent messages around events that are coming up? Would you like to get updates in terms of what's happening in the school to aid you in getting some of the news of what's happening? Or would you like to, you know, only get the, the messages that are in response to transactions that you're completing, whether it's the completion of an application or whether it's, you know, um, the confirmation that a, a deposit or a payment has been made? Oh, at ahead, what Angie. stage are you asking all of these um, preferred, you know, communication methods? Is that that initial inquiry form when, when a prospective family kind of first inquires with a school? Or are these preferences done um, a different way over email? Or at what stage do you recommend, you know, the admissions person or the marketing person um, gets all this information from that prospective family? Some of that is dependent on the technology that you're using. And so different SMS and text messaging platforms will have different ways that you can set those preferences, whether it be through interaction within the text messages and the platform, or whether it be through you know, forms that you're having the parent fill out that you're then using to update preferences within you know, another CRM or admission management you know, suite. Got so okay. um, yeah. I, I would say, you know, think about it from what your tools can do. But then the other thing is to, um, you know, remember that you're building up that relationship. And so you don't want to ask too many questions until you've gotten that trust and that familiarity with, with the families. I feel like in the marketing side of things, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you hear it in like the social media side, a lot of like putting all your eggs into one basket, you know, like, or like 10 years ago, everybody was all in on Facebook and that's where everything was. And then all of a sudden Facebook shifts the way that you reach your audience and they're trying to get you to pay for ads now to reach your, their same audience, even people that is, you know, that are following you. And you now are kind of in a tough spot because you have committed so hard to one channel of that's where you're putting things out. And I feel like for schools now to relate that to outward messaging, like email, a lot of schools have gotten over the years into drip campaigns and have gotten some sort of the ability to do email and are really all in on that is your way of doing that. But then, you know, Gmail changes the way that they filter their promotions folder and your emails mm -hmm. are now getting put into promotions, which means they are not, not seen, you know, you are yeah. all of a sudden, everything that you put into now 
And this is just something, you know, as a communications director that I, I worry about sometimes is we have gone really big into email, into automated emails, into doing this. And then you look back and one, it's hard to track because of iPhone updates. It's hard to see what is opened and what is read. And, and then you're at the mercy of these email clients and they change what they do. So I think to me, like that sort of balance of having another way that is a, you know, proven way that people you're going to get a message to people they're going to open text messages um to me feels like a really nice way for somebody in my job to balance out what you're doing and add a little safety to it because you're now hitting people in a few different ways so yeah i i, I think matt you hit upon you know one of the key points which is to make sure you're using the communication channel um, for what it's best suited for, and to also think about the holistic messages that the parent might be receiving from the school, whether it be email, text messages, social media, you know, or you know, increasingly, you know, schools are using apps or other ways to be able to get like messages directly to to schools. So whether that be through you know the admission and discovery process, through uh, you know a common admissions apps like what we have with Ravenna, which can be a you know a portal to be able to help schools, you know, find the um, help families find schools that are within their areas and apply to them, right? With something like that, then you should say, okay, if they've initially discovered the school, we can use a, a text message to confirm that they've uh, submitted their inquiry, but we should follow up with an email, which is a longer form format that can have like a summary of the instructions and the process or more details on the school. You know, we should make sure that our social media posts are reflecting the same types of messages um, that are uh, going out through our email and maybe even pointing to some of the blog posts or the articles or things that schools might be publishing via some of the other channels. Um, text messages can be great for that because uh, when somebody's in a grocery line, uh, you know, they get a, a message, they can click it up and, you know, glance at that article to spend that two or three minutes that they won't normally would have been you know, reading some other piece of news to learn more about your schools. A um, little bit of a tangent. Are you, are um, Corey and Angie, are you fans of The Office? Did you watch The Office? Yes. Yeah. You did. Do you remember when Ryan invented the the woof? Was that his, his like messaging thing where you get, uh, you send a message in it and in one, it text messages you, it calls you, it sends you an email, it, it like sends a fax <laughs> and is printing out oh, while yeah. you're doing it. Uh, so one of my fears, uh, I just, I get that image in my head sometimes when I think of all the different ways, and we just met with admissions to talk about, um, the different email drip campaigns we have and making sure that we're not overlapping ones. So if somebody registers for open house and books a tour and, in and inquires, they're not getting three emails a day about all these things. And, you know, we're not, we're not recreating Ryan's woof. For, for families where they're just, you know, getting mm -hmm. notifications nonstop and and we're annoying people and they're unsubscribing. So is there any way that when you incorporate text messaging as an additional thing to what you're doing that you can sort of ensure or balance out to make sure you're not over messaging people because you want to get them on email and you want to get them on text? How do you make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah. It is a challenge, um, and I think for you know resource constrained schools and and busy marketers and communication specialists, you know the the 
the challenge there is that you're often going to be the human aggregator for a lot of different requests that are coming in from the schools on you know, desired messages to get out to either prospective or existing families. And so you have to take that, that view of you know, the, the family-centric perspective of what they're going to be receiving if you were to say yes to every single request. Um, there are technology solutions that can, uh, you know, um, stagger that in a way that it makes sure that if they've received, you know, X number of messages, then, you know, suppress them from those messages, particularly email marketing has been doing that for years, of course, um, with text messaging. I think the, the way that we think about it at Community Brands is being able to tag with attributes the preference of the family. Um, in the systems that we use for SMS messaging. And so the ability to be able to annotate that family's preferences and then send based off of those preferences. And then of course, they can always change it through their family portal where they can log in and make adjustments if they feel like it's too noisy or you know they're not getting enough. Well, I am particularly interested in data. I'm kind of a data geek. I'm one of those uh, marketers that will look at not just open rates for email, but scroll rates, where did they click? Let's get UTM parameters on so we can see in analytics to see what pages they viewed after they opened that email. So I'm into data and when it comes to text messaging, what kind of data points should marketers be looking at to determine if the campaign is successful or not? Yep. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier, you know, that uh, text messages, SMS messages have an extremely high open rate. But the reality mm -hmm. is, is that as a marketer, you can't measure that directly because you're not getting read responses from the carriers um, or from, you know, the, the messages themselves. But there are a couple things that you can do that will give you still some valuable feedback data when you're sending these messages. You know, one is to make sure that, again, you're using the channel for the, the right type of messaging. And so if you're sending a unique piece of message of, of information to the family, and then you've gotten that feedback that they've completed the action or that they've um, you know, acknowledged the receipt through some other form, um, then you, you know that that message was effective. You know, links in messages can still use, you can use the, the tracking codes and short URLs to and, embed uh, the other metrics that you can use to be able to indicate if the person clicked on the link, then you know that they've received it. Um, and then you can use your normal web marketing tools to be able to measure, you know, time on page or, you know, what the drop off rate is once they've gone to that page. The things that you would do uh, if you were using, you know, other channels to be able to direct those them to those places. You know, monitor very closely your subscribe rates as well, because if you if you've sent a message and you've immediately had, um, you know, 10 uh, percent of your your prospective parents asked to unsubscribe, you, you know, that message might be something that you might not want to repeat in the future. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Great. I love that you can track all of that through the text messaging platform as well, because I think not every you know, marketing person has the time to dive into things like Google Analytics and click-through rates and things like that. So sometimes you just simply need to look at the response for that particular goal or call to action for that text message. Um, would you say it's a fairly easy thing to um, log into and, and check out? Like how does that um, data kind of um, feed back to the school marketer? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, with community brands, we have a, uh, a set of form building tools that will allow you to be able to direct, you know, parents or prospective parents to forms to be able to fill out. And so that would be, you know, multi-step uh, forms is a, a first step to, to use because if you get the initial information, 
after you've you know, gotten the action, then even if they don't complete the form, you can either A, follow up with another text message of like, hey, it looks like you started this process, but didn't finish it, right? And so that's, that's another way that you can use that immediacy of SMS messages to get in touch with them. Um, and then um, I think it's a, another place where some of those tagging and the tagging and attributes of the, the families can allow you to be able to, to segment based off of people that have gotten one message but not completed other steps in the admission or enrollment process. Yeah, that's great. So using that logic that is similar to setting up kind of an advanced kind of email marketing flow is definitely sounds like the recommendation for text messaging as well. You really want to use that logic and use those segments and interest to really come up with a campaign that fits those goals for the most success. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and, and then again, thinking about it, you know, complimentary against, you know, you, you shouldn't give up on email completely, even though it has gotten increasingly challenging to, to cut through some of the noise with email. It, it's still a very effective and complimentary tool for connecting with parents. So for a school that has not done any text messaging in their like outward marketing, um, are there, is there like a, a, you know, a first step? Like, what is something that you would say to a school to say, you know, like, because I feel like it can get overwhelming, again, schools with small staffs and, and you know, limited resources. So you start to get into, you know, different branches and attributes and all that. Is there something that you think is just like the most effective that if you were just to start something and pilot something this year, like you should try this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I, I would encourage the school to first ask themselves, like, what's the what's the tone or the voice that we want to have on text messages? And is it the same as what we're going to be using in the other communication that we're already using with our families? Um, then I think it's a matter of like uh, coming back and saying, OK, let's start with some of the things that we know um, are the gaps within the processes that we already have. So if, if we see that, you know, we're uh, having a large number of I, I think you mentioned it before, Angie, like um, for an open house or for some sort of like, um, you know, appointment, like interview appointment. If we know that we've got a, a, like a high attrition rate where people are no showing for some of those events, maybe that's a place to experiment with text messages first through your admissions platform to be able to send out those reminders. If you don't have text messages integrated into the product that you're currently using um, that, you know, I, I would say either you know, look for one. We not to pitch our our solutions too too hard, but we do have solutions that have that integrated uh, into our suite at Community Brands. You know, or just think about you know, is the tool that you're using does it accept imports where you can easily you know, export that data and get it into the text messaging tool that you're using. Um, so, um, you know, so long story short, I would say look at where you have some gaps in your current life cycle and try to fill those gaps with text messages if there is a need for that immediacy in the communication. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like sometimes those those kind of lower, like a little bit lower stakes uh, trial of of something, like a new technology, especially, you know, when, when it came, when automated drip campaigns were new, um, you know, just putting together a very simple, we had, I think our first one was maybe three emails, but then being able to just, try that out and show our admissions team like here's what it looks like and here's how it's working and here's wow families are responding now to emails that are being sent out like automatically uh which is mind-blowing at the time <laughs> um but yeah. uh but just to be able to see that i think then that allowed us to then take the next step and then take the next step and then take you know and and go because i think sometimes it's just just kind of 
getting the proof of seeing seeing how it's working and what it does is is powerful and can you'll learn from it and you might change some things, but it also just allows you to kind of take that next step. And on that yeah. same note, and, oh, go ahead. Well, one very important and tactical tip, um, and it seems simple, but some people often forget it and it can be tragic. Um, identify yourself in the first text message that you send to families. Um, you know, uh, people are busy and they'll, mm -hmm. they might forget that they've opted in to receive messages. And so that first message is so critical because if they've forgotten that they opted in to receive that message, the first thing they're going to do is say stop or unsubscribe or, you know, they're, they're going to, um, you know, block you there. And so just be very clear in your first message, brief and clear around why you are messaging them. And then you've opened the door for the, the next set of messages that are going to come in. That's such a great tip because I know I certainly have gotten those text messages and they'll use an acronym sometimes. And I didn't realize that was the name of my optometrist office. You know, I don't, you know, so I'm like, what is this? So that's great. So introduce yourself and don't just use your, your school's acronym or nickname, perhaps. <laughs> and I don't know, we, so we started doing this in our, because we had that same thought. We, we use them now for like notifications of school cancellations and, and late starts and things like that. Um, we started just putting the start of, every, so we're Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall School, CHCH. Uh, we, and these are just to current families, but we still start every single message with CHCH notice. And then and follow up because our thought was, you know, if they don't add you, they, you know, they don't add you to their phone book or they reset their message, whatever happens, even if you would you introduce yourself initially, now you're sending a message three months later and they don't they don't, you know, remember what this number is. So I don't know. Is that mm -hmm. something that that is recommended for schools or what do you think about that? That. I, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it work both ways. Uh, so, I, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know if I have like the stats or a strong opinion on on if yeah. that is considered a, a best practice or has been tested out. Um, so uh, it's, um, you know, I, I can say my experience as a, a parent myself, I like being able to scan through a set of messages and easily be able to identify it, especially when, you know, short codes can be very similar in terms of where the messages might be getting sent from when you're using you know, third party services. Yeah. One thing that I actually didn't um I didn't realize is in short codes and text messaging is that it is the same code is used for multiple organizations. So it turned out that our school uh uses the same service as the local public school. So mm. our text messages come from the same phone number. So uh cuz it uses a short five digit code. So we really confused a few on-campus families who are here. It's a boarding school. So families who work here, but also have a, a, a student in the local public schools because the the messages are coming from the same phone number. So again, I forgot, but that's yeah. another reason why we start all of our messages with this is who we are. Um, yeah. So any, um, I think this is just kind of closing it up here, but are there any wins or losses that you would say you've you've witnessed, seen um, with schools in text messaging? Things to, you know, really, you know, kick you off in the right direction uh, or things to really avoid? When you're, you're selecting a tool, make sure you're working with one that is certified with carriers and that will have like, um, you know, verified delivery to the recipients. Um, 
you know, carriers have gotten much more stringent in terms of what they let through into their system. And so there used to be a lot of ways to get shortcuts to be able to send text messages to um, individual phone numbers. You could email a phone number it, back in the past, and you still can. In some cases, it might get delivered, but, you know, the phone number at, you know, Verizon dot something something or mm -hmm. at AT&T, and that would get through as a text message. Carriers have really started to shut that down because of the spam and you know unpermissioned uh, messages that have been uh, you know getting sent out that I'm sure everybody listening and watching um, has experienced themselves. And so you know with that, um, that's why you know using a, a service that is built and you know verified with the carriers or uses a, a platform that is um, you know a third party to, to to have the delivery. I would just you know encourage everyone to make sure they're not like shortcutting it too much to get the cheapest, freest version uh, to be able to, to send text messages um, out to, to their families. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And then uh, aside from that, I think everything else we talked about before, you know, start simple, identify yourself, um, and uh, make sure you're using the channel to it's uh, for what it's designed for, I think is, are, is the, the kind of closing thoughts that I have in, in the conversation. Great. It's amazing, Corey. Corey. Yeah, thank you so much, Corey. Um, I think really, uh, there's also an article too that Community Brands put out, we'll put in the show notes, um, that is about SMS for schools and involves communicating with your current audience, with prospective families, using it as part of your fundraising effort. So um, we'll make sure that we link that in there as well. And is there any other ways, um, you know, people can can see what you're putting out or what um, connect with Community Brands? Where can people check you out? Uh, everyone can go to communitybrands.com and then uh, we serve uh, associations, nonprofits and schools. And so on the top navigation, you'll be able to find the, the header that uh, has all of our solutions that serve schools. You know, we are uh, constantly, you know, building um, more features and, and more solutions within our current base. And this week is an exciting week for us. We just acquired, uh, you know, a new solution within the family with uh, Big SIS, Big SIS, um, another solution that has some of these communication tools that we've talked about today built in. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, we're excited to, to be able to continue to help serve schools. So that, that's the best way to get in touch with me um, or the solutions that Community Brands offers. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much, Thank Corey. I hope we can get you get you back on, and we'll talk again about one of the other uh, one of the other parts of uh, community brands for sure. Grateful for the opportunity to join you all today. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks, Corey. Right. Take care. Thank you again to Corey for coming by and uh, taking the time to talk with us all about um, technology and text messaging and. I know after that interview, I actually had a meeting with our admissions team and that immediately came right up. Um, we started talking about how we can uh, implement it, whether it's part of reminding people about uh, open houses that they, that they register for, or for tours that they book. So um, that, that immediately rose up into something that we're, we're planning right now. So thank you yeah. to Corey for making that rise up. Great. Yeah, that was an excellent conversation. I definitely have a few schools um, that I'm working with that I'm going to share this with. Uh, these are such topical questions that schools have right now around texting. So that was awesome. great. That's, yeah. And then, so we're going to go uh, to our A plus school. Angie, you're, you're on A plus school of the week here. Yes, I have one. Um, this week's A plus goes out to Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall. Oh, um, man. <laughs> I just love the video that you guys put out 
it's called thankful for CHCH teachers. And it's just this great um, testimonial that a parent uh, provided the school with and all of the faculty and administration of the school is, is taking turns reading bits of that letter. And you guys should check it out on YouTube. So great job with that, Matt, yeah. and to the CHCH team. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been out, you know, uh, going on the rounds of social media and email and everything for for a little while. So uh, I appreciate that. That's really nice. Thank you. Ah, we won't make like that a regular to... thing that we <laughs> <laughs> this will be the only A plus for you. OK, this year. good. Um, right, so good. what um, how was it creating that video and, and how did that come about? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was very uh, it was very organic, I guess, would be the best way to say is, you know, a, a parent actually wrote an email to our teachers at the end of the school year last year um, and just sent it to, to a group of teachers, just thanking them for, you know, changing their daughter's life and all the ways that they had done it. And um, we, our head of school, um, Dr. Conrad read it out loud at uh, our end of year meeting and everybody was emotional and doing all that. And as, as a marketing person, when I see everybody getting emotional, I, you know, tune in to say, <laughs> you know, what's going on. So uh, yeah, so I reached out to the to the parent and just said, is there, you know, would it be a possibility to to use this and and to, you know, make this more public? And we worked back and forth. We took out a lot of like identifying things of like who the person was. And then, you know, it turned out to be really one of the most straightforward, simple videos ever to make because we just I sat outside of the uh, the dining hall uh, with a with a script of all the the email and had teachers just read line by line and went through and edited that together. So it was pretty genuine wow. and just, you know, a real email read by teachers. And I think the reaction from from people so far has been really great to see like alumni coming out saying, you know, how much they love their teacher. So it, it turned into a really um, great campaign around Thanksgiving and allowing people to kind of share those stories too. Yeah, that's great. That's such yeah. a beautiful piece. And I definitely recommend everybody check it out. Oh, we'll leave a link in the um yeah. In the podcast I can, notes yeah, I can for, get the link for, for sure. Great. Well, thank you, Angie. That's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. And thank everybody for uh, for for listening again. And uh, make sure to follow on LinkedIn, where we'll be posting all of our things and some little nuggets from the episode. And we will see you next time. <laughs>